T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the Commanders Declassified Podcast. I am L.E. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Training camp is two weeks away. Indeed it is. Brian, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just waiting for this football to uh, start, man. I can't wait. Yes, and we are recording live from the storms. It is storming battle here, but we're still coming through to bring you guys the content that you love. Make sure you're locked in, subscribe, tap in, hit the notification bell. Tell your friends everything you got to do. We're going to get right into it. As Eric said, training camp is right around the corner. Eric, what does the in-person training camp experience mean to you? Um, Being the lazy bum that I am that doesn't really go out very much because I'm a hermit, uh, not a whole lot. I do do try to get out to one training camp practice a year. Um, It's miserable when I go because I just complain all the time because I always get hot. But – I do enjoy. I do enjoy it. I always catch. I always seem to catch like a, a nice highlight play or two. Um, get up close and personal with the, uh, w- you know, with the team, and I always manage to run into somebody that I know. So it's kind of cool, even though I have to drag myself down there to do it. Absolutely, Brian. What about you, man? Do you like being there in person? Uh, I do, uh, especially at like training camp. Right, you're a little bit closer to the action outside of the, you know, at a game. You could be high up depending on where your tickets are. Um, with uh, with training camp, you're a little bit closer to the action. You can sometimes hear some of the coaches kind of how they coach the players. You know what they're talking to them about those kinds of things. Um, you get a little bit more interaction sometimes at, at a training camp with the players uh, as well. So yeah, I, I, I do like it. That do I would I uh, suggest going more than once? Probably not. Like I think you, you go one time, you get a good experience. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I, I do uh, I do enjoy uh, getting to at least uh, one of the training camp practices. Um, you know, every year or every other year. That's really cool. And they do a good job of like integrating kids into the situation down there at training camp. They'll bring someone on the field, all that stuff. Bottom line, if you can get out there to Ashburn this year, I recommend you go to one of them at least to see your favorite team. Um, Eric, in terms of attending attending live events, training camp, going to a game, or let's say uh, watch it on TV or something like that. What's your your preference, man? Would you... Um, the oh. NFL, in my opinion, is a million times better on TV. Um, I, it's just uh, it, I can I can enjoy the game from the comfort of my living room. I can not have to deal with other fans. Yeah. I don't have to be cramped. I don't have to drive for two hours each way. Um, I can mute the announcers. Uh, I can mute the commercials or fast forward the commercials if I record it. So, one hundred percent, I'm a watch it at home guy, uh, or you know, watch it. At, uh, go to a watch party with friends. Not opposed to doing that if I had any friends. That is. Um, I would definitely do that as well, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big a big game guy, um, and you know I would probably rather I probably rather attend training camp than attend a game personally. Uh, if I go to a game, I have like a very specific set of requirements as to like where I'm going to sit, um, you know how I'm going to get there when I leave, you know all that good stuff. It's just it's such a it's such an ordeal for me. Um, so yeah, I definitely would rather watch on TV. Going to a game is third after attending training camp practice as well 
I, I certainly feel you because if I go to a game, I got to drive home in that traffic from uh, FedEx Field. It's going to take me three and a half hours to get home. It's a long day. I look. I went last year uh, to the Eagles game at the end of the season. I got to sit in the suites. It was a great deal while you were there. The moment you got to leave that stadium, it's a whole different experience, and it changes everything about what you just experienced in that stadium. So, yeah, I would recommend lot. definitely doing uh, going going to the suites. Definitely, I would recommend. Um, you know, yeah. that's just that's the way to watch it at the game, just because you can, if you feel like it, you can watch it on TV. If you you know, if you want to, you just turn around and watch it. It's right there playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Just yeah. getting in and out of there is just such a nightmare. Yeah, it gives the suites give you a little bit of control over your environment, which being in the stands, you have none of. And and that's great for some re, you know, for certain purposes. But if you want to go and take the family, I'm not trying to sit in the 400 level and, <laughs> you know, go crazy. You know, that, that type of experience I want. I love everybody that sits in the 400 level, but it's a lot going on up there that, you know. So what about you, Brian? What, what kind of experience yeah. you like? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to have to go with the uh, the game day experience probably being last. Like once I got out of college and I had gone to a bunch of games, oh, it was great. It was fun. But when you hit that night game and all of a sudden you're on the beltway for hours at a time, and you don't get home till like, you know, two o'clock because of traffic, uh, uh, because of trying to get out of the stadium, then it becomes like work, right? Like it becomes difficult. And it's like, man, I do I really want to go? Uh, but yeah, NFL games at home, watching them at home, having food near you, the bathrooms right near you, like you get the best seat in the house. Um, it, it's such a better experience watching it uh, at home. Now, if it's a big game, right, NFC Championship, you've got to go, right? You have to go. We haven't had too many of those here lately, uh, but something like that would be an event to go to. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say at home, training camp, uh, and then probably the game day experience would uh, would be in that order. But, uh, you know, having gone to so many of them, I think right now, uh tv is going to take over now if they start winning some big games and uh we're we're competing for something in the playoffs that could change everything right there yeah the thing you risk being at home is you don't get that experience like uh i'll give you a game like the the vikings game when rg3 ran for 76 yards and the place goes nuts you can't predict when that's going to happen so being at home it was great being there was something you'll never forget in your life probably you know what i mean so the secret game in 91 that's what always comes back. I mean, yep. I would have loved to have been there throwing my seat cushion. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Exactly. Exactly. That was at RFK too. RFK. Right. I don't know if you guys had a chance to go to RFK games, but they were a million times better than FedEx Field games too. Just the yeah. environment was completely different. I only went for DC United games, and uh, I think the Nationals, even though I'm an Orioles fan, when they first came to town. Um, but yeah. I can, you know, I've heard the stories, and I believe it, man. I do. Yeah, RFK I got was go. great. I got to go to uh, one of the Cal Ripken games leading up to um, when he uh, when he uh, broke the uh, the streak and he hit a home run and that was one of those games where yeah I mean he hits the the home run and like the whole place goes nuts I mean it was just one of those um, you know games you had to be there and something you'll always remember so that one's a pretty cool one for me in person yeah that's awesome now if there's a game if there's a sport to watch in person it's 100% hockey. Ice hockey and the game is doesn't even the TV. It's just not even close. The games are so much better. 
Yeah. Uh, not that this is the uh, Washington Capitals declassified podcast, but <laughs> yeah, if, if I were to choose a game, that would be the one. NBA, I, you know, I'll watch that at home. NFL, obviously, I'll watch it at home. Baseball, baseball is cool in person. But hockey good. takes the cake. Yeah, I tell you what, yeah, baseball is really cool in a traditional sense in person. I like it. It's kind of slow. It's a good afternoon thing to do with the family. Camden Yards is the best ballpark uh, in in the league. Yep. Nats Park is pretty cool. I was there last year. I tell you what, um, basketball in person is also ridiculous. It's great. I love that experience. We just do a great job. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. All right. So we're going to continue our training camp um, objectives uh, theme here tonight. And we're going to go through the rest of the position groups and talk about what they need to accomplish uh, at camp. I gave our guys some assignments. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, the wide receivers. Eric, fill us in on what the wide receivers need to accomplish at training camp this year. Well, the common answer, A1, is always stay healthy. We need a healthy wide receiver core going in. So no injuries. That's always going to be number one, no matter what position group it is. Always going to be number one for health. Um, establish kind of that pecking order. We need to make sure that, uh, you know, we know Terry's at the top. We know Curtis Samuel and uh, Jahan Dotson are going to get a lot of touches. Where does Diami Brown fit in? He's probably that fourth guy. And then we need to fight, fill out those last one or two receivers. Are we going to keep five or six? You know, does, uh, does Cam Sims make the team again? I think he does as a special teamer. Uh, somebody like, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Kelvin Harmon. You know, this is, you know, he's running out of chances to really make an impact in the NFL. This is kind of it for him. Dax Milne, um, which is that story with him and Zach Wilson and all that's crazy, but sorry, that complete tangent. Um, but anyway, it's just wild. Um, but yeah, is he, you know, you know, what is he going to be that number five guy that going to fill that Adam Humphreys role from last year? Some of these other guys they brought in. I'm sorry, I'm choking again. Um, you know, so, so we've got to fill out kind of the back of the roster. Are we keep it five, keep it six. Got to make sure we know it. Um, and then you really just get that get that chemistry built with the quarterback, uh, Carson Wentz. He really, you know, he didn't get a chance to work with Terry so much. Uh, obviously, in many camps, he got a little chance last week to work with him, got some cool Instagram photos of that. So, yeah, um, you know, just, you know, build build a rapport with all of the receivers, get your pecking order established, and go into the season healthy. Those are my three main goals for the wide receivers. I like it. I like it. And I, I see Dax Milne gets you choked up hearing about him and Zach Wilson. <laughs> so I just, um, it's like the tabloid fan. It's like the old Jerry Springer fan in me. I can't get enough of it. And I, I hate myself for it. But at the same time, it's just so entertaining. It's it's definitely interesting. Um, no, that's a good list, though. And I, I think I agree with everything there, man. I, you know, we, we've had so many years where we couldn't figure out who our wide receiver two or three was going to be. And now we that, that's a sign of progress. Now we're trying to figure out who wide receiver four and five are going to be, you know, five or six or whatever that number is. So um, give credit where it's due. They are getting better and, and with depth in that area. All right, Brian, take us to running backs. What do we need to figure out at camp? What do they need to understand about themselves at training camp in the running back room? So uh, the first thing I think they need to do is kind of how is everyone going to be utilized, right? You've got uh, J.D. McKissick, kind of your uh, pass catching uh, back. You've got Antonio Gibson, uh, a do it all back. Uh, and then you've got the uh, the guy you just drafted in the third round, Brian Robinson Jr. What What's he going to do? And then you you have, uh, you know, players kind of left over from the roster last year. You've got a Jarrett Patterson who just barely kind of made the roster, uh, barely played any at all. Is there room for him or is he relegated to the practice squad? You got Jonathan Williams who uh, was able to, uh, to get some playing time 
sometime late in the year due to uh, some injuries and uh, um, and uh, you know got a got a couple of carries uh, late in the year. Like, does he even make it? Is he a practice squad guy? So one I think is kind of how are we going to use these guys, right? Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson is probably um, you know uh, the hot button topic. You know, how are they going to be used? Is Brian Robinson is uh, is he going to be that in between the tackles pounder? Uh, Antonio Gibson is he going to be kind of that outside runner sweeps tosses um, maybe catch some screen passes um, some other short passes is he going to be used more in the passing game so that'll be big and then uh, the next thing is who are we going to keep right like are, are we keeping just three running backs are we keeping four like what are we uh, what are we going to do right is Jared Patterson going to be that last guy on or does his uh, spot go away in favor of an additional receiver um, this year? So uh, those are the two main things I think that uh, the running back room, the running back group needs to figure out kind of how are we going to use these guys and incorporate them into the offense? And then how many of these guys are we going to keep, um, you know, heading into this season? Because we actually got some choices now. We, we've got uh, a pretty decent group, I think, if everyone's healthy uh, to choose from. Yeah, Jared Patterson is one that's really going to have to prove himself this year yeah. at training camp. So I look yeah. forward to what he's going to do. Uh, you know, he had some opportunities last year. I think you probably would love to have seen a little bit more from him. But I also want to see a lot more of Jonathan Williams. And shout out to Jonathan Williams, friend of the podcast, uh, friend of our social media handle. Um, really great guy, really great story. I want to see him on the field. I want to see the coaches give him an opportunity to see what he can really do. Uh, and he's here played here. well when he's been in there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it, you know, it's just about opportunity. So let's see him get that and see what he can do. All right. Tight ends. I'm going to take the tight ends here. What I think we need to find out from the tight end room is if Logan Thomas is forced to miss extended time, can John Bates be the real deal? I think we got a glimpse last year. We saw some productivity, but in year two, how good can he be? Because he's probably going to have to start the season for us. Right. And that's going to start with uh, with training camp. Number two. What do we have in Cole Turner? We get excited. It looks good. No pads, all that stuff. The hair flowing, you know, catching everything in, in OTAs. What does it look like when the pads are on and guys are making some contact? Can he, can he withstand that and can he continue to produce? I hope he can because he's an exciting prospect, but I really want to see what he can do. Then from there, I want to see what do we have in AGG, right? Like is AGG even a possibility at the tight end position uh, based on the late conversion to the position or or not really you know we we, we know as coaches we've talked to them several times from liberty um they all speak very highly of him how smart he is and everything he can do is he gonna pick this up right he put on weight he worked on his body so he clearly knew going into the offseason that this was a thing right him converting to the tight end position was not a surprise to him because of the way that he conditioned his body in the offseason so what is he going to show when it matters. And I will argue that preseason is probably most important for AGG above anybody else on this team uh, to prove what he can do at that position. But um, it's going to start in training camp. And if he gets off to a rough start at training camp, you know how it goes, man. Those opportunities are going to dwindle and it's going to get ugly real fast. I'm not hoping for that. I am not rooting for that. I want to see the guy succeed. Um, but I, I really, really think he needs to show well early on in training camp for uh, him to to really have a shot here um, otherwise you know there's other guys on the team 
that I like at the tight end position, but I think either their roles are already defined in terms of this guy's a blocker or this guy has potential, but I think it starts with the top of the roster there. Um, and those are the guys with the most interesting aspects uh, to going into training camp. What do you guys think? I think yeah. uh, a, big, a big part of uh, all those guys' development is going to be, uh, is Juan Castillo a good coach? Um, he has coached uh, offensive line. He's coached uh, linebackers. Um, now he is coaching tight ends. Uh, we had Pete Hainer, who was an excellent tight end coach, developed Logan Thomas, developed uh, Bates, got Samus Reyes to make a roster somehow after never playing football. So, uh, you know, AGG, uh, you know, I wish uh, I wish Hainer had stuck around one more year because that would have really helped a guy like AGG in his development. So I, I'm interested to see uh, what is Juan Castillo. Is he just a, another stand-in coach or is he uh, a really good somebody who's going to demand, um, you know, more from the players. Yeah. I got the impression watching him in uh, OTAs that he's really uh, a teaching type coach. He's not a loud guy. He's not a, not an aggressive guy, a blustery guy, but he did have attention, uh, the attention of his players. So yeah, I think you're right on that. It'll be an interesting development because Hayter was so successful with the tight ends. That was such a strong group the last couple of years. We'll see if we can continue that with Juan Castillo. And uh, you mentioned it before, Samus Reyes. Does he have enough to stick around with all this new competition? Um, did he develop at all over the past year? Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to watch him when we went out there. He was riding the bike the whole time, so that's not a good start. But you know, we'll have to see where he goes. Who's the guy, Eric, that yeah. you liked when you went out to uh, to Ashburn? Was it um, Curtis? Hodges? Yeah, was it Hodges? Yeah, yeah real Curtis. tall guy. Like the only guy out there that was taller than um, uh, man. I already forgot his name. My new guy. Yeah, Cole Turner. Yeah, this dude Hodge is like six eight, just a giant out there. Didn't see him do a lot, honestly. Um, I might not have been paying attention, but I really, you know, I saw, I noticed Turner in the passing game. Um, Bates is steady, but yeah, I didn't really notice him outside of how big he was. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of him yet. Yeah, uh, it'll be an interesting uh, camp for Hodges too. I know Doc Walker was really in that guy's corner, and of course Doc Walker was a tight end. So you know, I'm gonna listen when he says, "Hey, look out for this guy." Uh, so that group as a whole is a very, very interesting story going into training camp just to see how things shake out. Because I think from a depth perspective, it's one of the more undecided positions on the roster. So uh, a lot to look forward to at the tight end position. Brian, get us cracking on the offensive line. I know this is your th these are your guys. This is what you love. What, what's the storylines? What are we looking forward to going into training camp? So uh, the biggest storyline heading into training camp in terms of the offensive line really is going to be, is Chase Roulier healthy? Is he going to be ready for the start of training camp? Or is he somebody who comes into the middle of it? He got injured, um, you know, uh, really early uh, last season. And uh, Wes Schweitzer had come in for him. Tyler Larson, Keith Ishmael uh, all filled in at center because they all got hurt at various points last year. But he is one of the better centers in the NFL. So if we want to have a good season, we need to have him in there. So that'll be big. When is he coming back? Is he going to be ready for the start of camp or not? Uh, and then uh, the other thing to look for with uh, the offensive line are the two brand new starting guards. Um, Eric Flowers is gone. Brandon Sheriff is gone. So we've got Andrew Norwell and we've got Trey Turner who will be slotted in essentially uh, as the two starting guards. And I think those guys are going to perform well. They both played under Ron Rivera for many years. They both played under offensive line 
coach John Matsko uh, under this exact same blocking scheme. And both of them performed really well to the tune of they made Pro Bowls in that uh, offense in Carolina in that blocking scheme. So I expect uh, good things for them. They'll probably be a short learning curve because they do have familiarity with the scheme, with the coach, uh, head coach and offensive line coach. So I think that'll be good. And then Charles Leno, he'll be his second year in the offense. We saw him get better and better each week last year. He started off a little rocky, got better. Sam Cosme, when he played, he was really good, but he didn't play that much because he was hurt. So it'll be big for him to see if he uh, was able to kind of get his body right and uh, he can last 17 uh, games uh, this year. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, some of the backups, that'll be where we watch, um, you know, some of the competition battles. Sadiq Charles is entering the last year of his deal. He was a guy that, uh, you know, we thought once he got drafted, is he somebody who could uh, potentially be a starter? Hasn't really happened. He's really just kind of been a backup guy. So is he just another guy? Is he going to get replaced by a uh, new draft pick, Chris Paul, guard from uh, Tulsa? Um, you know, and then we, we've got other guys out there. Wes Schweitzer, uh, kind of a utility guy. He is an important part of that offensive line. He can be a starter. He can fill in that guard center, um, and not really miss a beat. So, uh, we've got a lot of depth along the offensive line. There's a couple of spots in terms of, uh, backups and then who's going to fill in, um, for Rulier, which probably be Wes Schweitzer, uh, until, uh, he's, uh, he's ready. But, uh, the offensive line is looking strong again, and uh, I, I expect good things from those guys. You know what, Brian? From everybody, all the local media, they make it sound like there's a possibility Rie wouldn't get his job back because they like Schweitzer so much at the center position. I don't know how real that is. I'm just telling you what I hear from the local reporters. I think I heard that from uh, Logan Paulson. I think I heard it from um, – you know, that Washington football talk podcast with JP Finley, uh, maybe Ben Stanley, you know, others, you know, the local primary media guys. And I'm curious to know if that's going to be real or if that's just sort of a media creation, but it's something interesting to watch. Oh, for sure. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with how well Wes has played. Like Wes Schweitzer can play. He started at multiple positions for us and he's played really well. I mean, just think about this. He, he came in for Chase Roulier. He hadn't played center in the NFL in two years. And, I mean, we didn't miss a beat when it came to uh, offensive line play while he played center. So I think he legitimately has uh, has uh, earned kind of that praise. But, um, I, I, you know, it'd really be kind of tough to see them bench West White, uh, Chase Rullier, uh for West White. So that would be after they gave him an extension and everything just to, to, to kind of see that. You're going to see West Schweitzer play this year, regardless of whether he's a starter somewhere or not. He's going to end up playing because offensive linemen just get hurt. Yeah, he can play three positions. So uh, you're going to see him. I think he's a really valuable interior lineman, regardless of whether he's a starter or not. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, all right, quarterbacks. So I think this is probably a, a fairly simple conversation here. So I'm just going to go down the line. Carson Wentz, prove that you know the offense, prove that you can play in it. It's that simple. Carson Wentz, we know what his skills are. We know what his, his areas of concern are. But uh, at the end of the day, execute enough in this offense to move, to make the offense better than what it was last year, period. I don't think anybody in this fan base is going to uh, you know, crush him if he doesn't come out and be Joe Montana or John Elway in this offense. Just look like a professional playing the position, and we got to start seeing that at camp. If we get a bunch of stories from camp about how poorly Carson Wentz is looking and all this stuff, it, it's going to be a long year. And what I really hope is that if those stories do start to develop early on in camp, 
they don't get to Carson, right? He kind of shuts that out. He just goes on every day working to improve every single day. As a matter of fact, I want to see him struggle a little bit just to see how he's going to handle it in camp. You know what I mean? Um, and then and then work through it and really develop the chemistry that Eric said with the wide receivers and everything like that. But he's unquestioned as our number one quarterback. So hopefully he's just taking this camp as an opportunity to learn and get better. Uh, as far as Taylor Heineke go, who at this point is the number two quarterback, um, I want to see if he can remain number two. I think he probably will at this point. But Taylor is notoriously, at least as the media that's at practice, reports it a bad practice quarterback. So I'm, I'm curious to see if, and I'll kind of combine my two and three here, if there's opportunity for Sam Howell to overtake Heineke at, Heineke at the number two. Likely not. I want to be clear. I don't think that's really going to happen. But is that a possibility based on how Heineke plays at camp? You know what I mean? Um, so I, I want to see what he does and how he he does in his reps. Um, and then with with how, what has he learned? You know, how ready is he? You know, people say, oh, well, he's just a play away from coming to the game. Is that real? And is he ready for that? So his camp reps are going to re be important now. By definition, he's probably going to get the least amount of reps out of anybody because he's third string. Um, but I want to see his growth. I want to see who he is throwing to NFL receivers and NFL offense. Um, we're probably going to see a ton of how in uh, in preseason, I would imagine. But I want to see in camp, or at least hear about in camp, how he's looked, how he's doing. I have the distinct feeling that we're going to get a lot of reports about how great Howe is looking um, because he's throwing against third, third team, third string guys, a lot of which probably will not be on the roster. And that's going to ignite a frenzy. And I'm going to be trying all camp to put this back in a box and say, hey, no, keep perspective. Look who he's throwing with. Look who he's throwing against. But it's going to happen because that's just the way things tend to go around here. But uh, I just want to see him develop and really – develop for the long term. I don't care much about what he does uh, in his development for specifically this year because he's not playing over Wentz, no matter what. We're paying this cat $28 million. Wentz is playing every snap he's healthy to play, period. But what is he starting to do um, to, develop, to develop for the long term? So that's what I want to see out of the quarterback room. I don't want to see Sam. I want to see him in the second half of all three preseason games, and then I never want to hear his name for the rest of the year. Because then you know you're having some a little bit of success at the quarterback position, at least a little bit. If people start clamoring for Howell, or if you see Howell taking snaps in a real game, oh um, unless you're up 48 to nothing, um, things aren't going well. So I don't, I don't honestly, I don't see see Howell having any chance at overtaking Heineke. Coaches, they know what Heineke brings, they know what he can do in the game situation, and they know what he looks like at practice. So I don't think that Howell has any chance at passing Heineke this year, at least early on, maybe towards the end of the year, who knows? But uh, I think 2023 is, is Sam's Howell's year to move up the depth chart. 2022, I hope we don't see him at all after the preseason. Move up to number two on the depth chart, right? And I love Sam Howell, by the way. He's, I absolutely love I loved him in college and he's a fantastic, I think he's going to be a, a solid pro. Uh, he has a lot of potential. He's got a huge arm for such a little guy. Um, and he's tough as nails. I love the guy. I just don't want to see him this year. How much do you guys want to uh, to to see Carson play in the preseason? Do you want him playing a lot, or do you want him kind of bubble wrapped for preseason games, five snaps and then out? Like, do you yeah. want him to get the? Oh, you you just you just want a handful of plays and then uh, sideline? 
Yeah, take a come in, take a deep shot to Terry, hand it off three times, and then sit sit down for the rest of the game. All three all three preseason games. I'm sure he'll get uh excuse me, he'll get a little bit of a run. Um, you know, into the second quarter probably in the second preseason game, but I don't see him playing a lot in the preseason. I, I want to see him run RPO off the edge. No, I'm kidding. I I, I don't even want to see him in the game. I mean, Naked I know he has, all day. <laughs> he has to, but I look the the less he plays, the better for me and my anxiety, because my God, this he was our offseason catch basically, right? And so if something happens to him and we lose him in preseason. It's going to be hard to find that motivation to to really want to get excited about this season, you know. So I don't I don't want to see him at all. All right, Eric, defensive backs, what do they got to do at training camp, man? Oh, we got to find that Buffalo nickel. That's what we got to do. (laughs) Just had to say it. Just wants to get it out of the way. Um, No, it is a real position, and who's going to take it? Is it going to be? You know, Derek Forrest. Is it going to be Percy Butler? Is it going to be Troy Apke? God help us. Who knows? Um, you know, I think strong and free safety, your starters, you know who they are. Uh, who are the depth guys going to be? Is Percy, Percy Butler going to emerge as a rookie, or is he going to kind of sit back on the depth chart and let other guys take snaps? Um, at the cornerback position, you know, you've got your top three. You've got Kendall Fuller. You've got William Jackson. You've got St. Juiced. Uh, you're pretty, those guys are pretty much penciled in right now. But then, you know, you've got your, your, your later roster guys. Danny Johnson, that dude is like uncuttable, apparently. He makes the team every year, and he, and he plays – he gets on the field. Can he continue to that improbable career run? Because he's doing a great job of staying on the field. Um, yeah, Jeremy Reeves, another guy just like that at safety. Like the guy's always on the team. It doesn't, you know, he just manages to stick around every year. Does he continue to do that with the new guys coming in? Um, so, yeah, it's just much like wide receiver. It's about finding depth and uh, and just making sure that everybody stays healthy going into the regular season. Yeah, uh, Percy Butler is an interesting name because we heard so much about Percy Butler right after the draft. And then if you listen to the local reporters, I know I'm citing them a lot, but they said, hey, Percy Butler's not getting a lot of snaps in OTAs. And they said maybe it's because this and that and the third, but for whatever reason, he wasn't getting a lot of burn, according to them, uh, during OTAs. So I want to see if that's different now. I want to see if he has a grasp of what they're trying to do. And if he can execute that, um, because we kind of had penciled in him in based on Ron Rivera's comments as a potential a potential option at free safety, right? Um, but that didn't seem to be the case at OTA. So I, I want to see what materializes uh, in training camp and into the preseason uh, from him. The other thing I will say is, um, you know, Danny Johnson is, you're right, he's a guy that finds a way to hang on to the roster. They brought back Troy Apke, but how much does that really mean? Is that guy going to be somebody that's just here as a camp body or is he going to get cut? I, you know, just has he improved at all at anything, you know, because uh, he, he's hanging around. What can he contribute? I want to see that from Trey. Yeah, yeah, he's got a spot on the team as a special team where they love him. I uh, guess they, they see, you know, they know things that we don't. Well, that and the uh, the fact that we, we don't really have anybody else uh, in the secondary, right? There's only a handful of corners, so you know it, it's almost by default that Danny Johnson's probably going to make it. I mean, again, you you just talked about it, right? You you've got uh, Kendall, William Jackson, St. Juice, and then who? Uh, we've got Christian Holmes that we drafted in the seventh round. Can he be? Can he play in the slot? I know there was a lot of talk about St. Juice playing in the slot, but a, a six three 
corner in the slot, you know, really scares me. I, I don't I don't know how well he'll do there. So, uh, I mean, Danny Johnson, whether uh, whether or not he deserves to be on the roster, he'll probably make it because we, we really don't have anybody else unless uh, unless they sign some other guys out there. I don't know uh, um, <laughs> who's going to take the spot from him. Yeah. And for the record, we're not hating on Danny Johnson. I think he played no. fairly well. Yes. When he got in the game, it's just, you know, he's kind of been around and hasn't played a ton. And then, you know, so he plays when guys are injured. I want to see him play when guys are healthy, too, to see, you know, what he's really got going against some of those first teamers. So um, I like Dan Johnson, though. What about special teams, guys? Like, you know, uh, uh, Tressway, Eric, anything we need to see from Tressway or is he so solid? It doesn't even really matter. Uh, he doesn't. Yeah, he's he's a lock. I mean, you know, stay healthy, get on the field, keep him in bubble wrap. Just go for it every fourth down, hand it off to Brian Robinson Jr. We'll run a quarterback <laughs> sneak like the Giants did last year. That's all we got to do. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm curious, uh, how does Joey Sly, uh, you know, what does he do? Um, does he turn into, you know, a, a reliable kicker? We saw got a, a relatively small sample size last year, but he did play well. Can he keep that going? Can he turn into that dude that we need? Um, and, of course, our long snapper, the cheese man. Uh, you know, get better because, you know, he got off to a shaky start last year, I thought, but he ended up being pretty good towards the end of the season. Um, not a lot of bad snaps. They got a lot faster. It seemed like there wasn't as much of a miscommunication. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, Tress had some trouble catching punts or catching, you know, getting punts off in time. It was just a little bit off the whole thing. And yeah. that, you know, also, you know, could have very well led to the kicking problems with Dustin Hopkins last year, just the timing not being right. And that all starts with the snap. So Cheeseman has to improve, but I think he will. He's got one job in the NFL. I mean, that's all he does. So he has to improve, right? You would think. <laughs> you would think. Um, who's the yeah. uh, Who's the punt returner, kick returner with uh, Carter gone? Danny Johnson. What? Oh no! Really? I think uh, you got Alex Eric. Well, Johnson's done it before. He's kicked. He's returned kicks at least. Alex Erickson. They brought in. Uh, the wide receiver, he's going to get some run. They've been talking about Jahan Dotson. They better not put his ass back there. Pardon my French. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been talking about Jahan Dotson maybe returning kicks. There's some there's some options uh, in the punt return game, but uh, that's you know that might be where Danny Johnson can hang on because he's got experience doing it. Yeah, I, I, after DeAndre Carter last year, I want something a little bit more exciting than what you just named because we saw how having some excitement in the return game can impact games and game flow. So I want somebody who's going to get us positive yardage and significant positive yardage. Uh, so, so you do to want me, that's a really, in there. I definitely don't want Don Dotson anywhere near that. <laughs> well, no, just put uh, put Dax Milne back there. Apparently, he's very excited. Yeah, so. Milne actually has. Uh, yeah, he's returned some kicks. He, I think he was a punt returner last year as well. Yeah, so sure, I, I can see it. I can see it. I, I also wouldn't. Mr. Uh, Steel, girl. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I want to see it, you know, the battle take place in camp because I think there are some options out there um, to fill that position. But I feel like there was somebody else they signed to that we're not remembering. But um, I always love to see special teams in preseason uh, just because it's, you know, a, a chance for somebody to make the team, to make their dreams come true. So uh, I'm excited about that. Ellie, like you said, like uh, those types of position battles, those are good when you go to training camp and you're you're watching like, um, you know, guys take some of these punt returns to see, oh, wait, who's got who's got some moves, who, who's able to actually, uh, you know, be exciting kind of returning. To, and you can kind of see some of those things when you do go to training camp. You see some of those position battles. Absolutely. Question for you guys, Eric, if they said, all right, Eric, we're signing you, 
you're going to return a kick or you can return a punt. Uh, which one are you doing? Uh, I will fair catch a punt. I don't think you can nah. fair catch a kickoff. So they're going <laughs> to kick it to the two yard line and I'll just fall down. Oh, I'm not allowed to fair catch. No, you if can't I'm not allowed to catch. fair. Oh, if I'm not allowed to fair catch, then I'll do a kick return because I can at least have a chance and see those guys coming at me. Punt returns. You're looking at the ball the whole time. And those guys are right on top of you. No chance. I'd have no chance on that. Actually, <laughs> Uh, returned a punt one, or I was back deep once for a punt return uh, on JV um, in in like tenth grade, and thankfully the dude kicked it out of bounds, and I didn't have to, they were so scared of me, and they kicked it out of bounds. Clearly, it wasn't just that he was a lousy JV punter, um, but yeah, they, they they put me back there. I talked a big game. The co- you know we were up big. The coach put me in, and it yeah. Uh, let's just say I'm glad he kicked it out of bounds. That's all I can say. So yeah, I'm I'm returning a kick. I did return. I did kickoff returns and punt returns in, in high school too, and. I return a punt to the four-yard line, and I running back ran it in the next play. I was kind of pissed about that. Um, kickoffs, I had, I had several really good kickoffs. I never scored on a kickoff return, though. But if, if I had a choice in the NFL, I would absolutely do a kickoff. No question. A punt return, there's too many guys that miss blocks on punt returns because they're not, you know, they can't really control what the guy. There's not, you don't follow lanes as closely on, on punt returns as you do on kickoffs. So, uh, those guys are just going to juke your your uh, blockers on the wings and they're coming right for your neck. And they're going to hang that punt up there for four or five seconds and you can't fair catch it? No, thank you. There's You couldn't pay me to do that. I'm taking a kickoff return. I know where the ball is going to go, generally speaking. I know I got blockers at several levels. I just got to make somebody miss. I, I ain't going to do it, but I'm going to make them hit me on my side, not my chest. <laughs> So, yeah, if I if I return a kickoff, I will request that they bring back the wedge for just one play. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I can hide behind five <laughs> offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah. Brian, what about you, man? Which would you rather do? Uh, I, well, neither of those. Um, I, I I was a defensive end, so I I, I had a better opportunity to uh, to try to block the kick uh, than I would try to return it. Like uh, if uh, if I had to return it, it would be about a half a yard. I would not be able to get anywhere. Uh, before the the coverage would get to me, so uh, I would elect to uh, to be on the line somewhere so I can try to block. I block no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. You have to do one return a punt. Return. A I'm punt. Ne- yeah, I've never even returned a punt before, so there, there's there's no way there's no way that would even uh, be uh, you know a possibility uh, for me. So yeah, fair catching uh, that all the way. There's that's not going to work. Not going to work at all. I got and one more. In my, in my second thing, I would need them to bring the ambulance on the field right away. Because if one of those dudes hit me, I'm sure at this point my body would disintegrate. So I would need, <laughs> I would need the ambulance on the field and ready and waiting uh, for me. Yeah. I got one more for you before we get, finish up our training camp conversation. Eric, would you rather take one hand off up the middle or catch a slant route? Um, I would catch a slant route because I've – I did play running back like very early in my in my high school right. career, but I was a wide receiver on varsity. So I think I feel more comfortable catching a slant route because I know how to protect myself on those, even though I would get killed regardless. I could at least like I still remember how to ball up on a slant route or I know how to like take the take the no slide way. and catch to the knee. Like I still remember how to do that. The 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 I don't know if the muscle memory's there, but the 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 brain can tell me to do it. Taking a handoff. <laughs> I mean, the last time I took a handoff, I mean, I was playing against like 140 pound defensive tackles. So that's not, I can't really, you know, I can't really do anything about that. Um, so I, I would take my chances on a slant route. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, 
and I love you, my guy, man, but you're overconfident in your skill set to catch a slant route in the NFL. No way. Linebacker I mean, just chilling. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't make it to the line of scrimmage uh, if I took a handoff. <laughs> like, I wouldn't make it to the quarterback before the – Rob Kelly. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in the – yeah, I mean, I, I'm fully aware of my 40 time is, is no longer in the fours, probably not in the fives at this point. <laughs> So I'm not even going to make it to the ha- – I won't even be able to get to the handoff. At least, like, if I run a slant route, the ball will be there. And I'll get killed either way. Um, <laughs> but, again, I'm just going to go with what I know. I was a receiver in high school. I will take a slant route. If you're watching, comment what you would rather do. Me, personally, I'm taking a handoff. And I'm going to run right behind my center. I'm going to get right behind my center. I'm going to get right behind my, uh, my tackle's back. And I'm just going to let them hit me from the side, wrap me up, and take me down. I'm not going to try to hit the hole. You're I'm gonna going to get clowny. Hole. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay because I'm I'm going to be right behind my – he's got to take us both down. I, go, trying to go through the hole is absolutely insane because, first of all, by the time we got through that hole, there's a linebacker that's going to be waiting there to blow us up. And I'm not – you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm almost six feet tall. I'm not tiny, but I'm not gonna, I'm not taking my chances. I ain't played football in a long time. There is absolutely no way I'm going to catch a slant route, okay? First of all, by the time I get there, and I used to be fast, by the time I get there on a slant, the quarterback's been sacked already, or the guy's just going to be waiting. As soon as I get a fingertip on the ball, lit up. I guarantee it. There is there is no catching the ball and falling down. You're just going to get lit up, and then they're going to knock your helmet off. You're going to look stupid on TV, laid out, concussed on the field, and it's just not going to be a good. There's thing. a lot of factors that go into that, though. Are they playing cover three? Are they playing off man? Are they playing like tight cover two? Or we got to check into a fade? Like these are there's a lot of variables there. I just feel they're comfortable. Playing, they're playing knowing what I know about playing wide receiver. I don't know anything about playing running back other than I saw that kid <laughs> get his head knocked off by Jadeveon and Clowney in, in college. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. It doesn't matter what they're playing. They're going to light us up. I promise you. These guys are such supreme athletes, Brian. Slant or head off up the middle? Oh, I'm going slant because uh, I want to play hard defense and uh, Jack Del Rio's soft uh, zone uh, cover. So I, I, I'm I'm going with that because because uh, you know I, you know yeah. Cole Holcomb's not going to hit you right. <laughs> or Jamin or, or Davis, like I, yeah, I don't. I, I, I want no part of Jonathan Allen beating the guard and just destroying me, breaking my leg, or Deron Payne hitting me, or Chase Young hitting me. I want no part of that. So give me the slant route. I'll take my chances with a 190-pound um, cornerback who comes up. And maybe he misses because he's trying to kill me. Uh, and maybe uh, then I'll uh, pull a clean quarter. This dude's talking about breaking one. He's taking it to the house. He's not getting <laughs> hey, one play. One play. One play. Be clear. You guys are saying you're going to shake an NFL linebacker <laughs> No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I'm more familiar with the wide receiver position than I am at the running back position. So I'll take my chances with things. something that I've done before. I want no part of the defensive line. None of that. It's physics, man. The momentum is not there fully. I'm going to get the handoff. I'm tucking it in, and we're just going to see what happens. That slant route is – there's like a 90 – that's the other part of the slant route, though, is that there's like a 90% chance I'm not going to even get the ball <laughs> because because I'm not going to be where I'm supposed to be in time because I'm so slow. Whereas you're there's a 100% chance that you're going to get hit if you take that handoff. The slant route, I mean, I'll probably muck it up anyway. I, I'm going to be real with you. We wouldn't even catch the ball because we'd be looking to see where the defenders were on that no. slant route anyway. Nope, but, not uh, me. 
Um, <laughs> I'm tunnel vision. I'm still to this day. I can go out and catch football. I'm tunnel vision. Velcro, Velcro I'll just, hands. I'll get yeah. no. I mean, I'm you know more like plastic hands, but tunnel vision. <laughs> like I will watch the ball all the way into my hands and watch it bounce off my chest. Probably got to make a business decision sometimes. But anyway, that was funny. Um, all right, let's close it out. Training camp. Uh, Brian, start with you. Final thoughts uh, on training camp, man. Uh, I'm excited. My 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 thoughts on training camp are: this is all about the uh, as as bad as the the defense looked last year. This training camp is about the offense. Uh, it's about Carson Wentz. It's about the receivers. Uh, it's about um, you know what the running game is going to look like if uh, if we have a running game. It may just be you know all passing. Uh, you know. It's really just about Carson Wentz getting him into a rhythm um, and uh, having us, uh, you know, kind of look competent on uh, on offense and move the football. So I'm excited to see some big passes, uh, some deep shots to Terry, uh, Jahan Dotson making people miss. I'm excited for it. And if they don't, you're there to shake the linebacker and take it to the house. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, if they need me, I got one play left. One. <laughs> Eric, uh, what are your final thoughts on training camp? I'm looking forward to training camp, not really for football, because it's really training camp in preseason. I always compare it to like, you know, candy corn and eggnog where it's like, you know, it's just a change of the season and it's time for a new season to come in. And you're like, candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was awful. <laughs> Basically the same thing as preseason uh, and eggnog. So I'm just excited for like the coverage. We get real news stories to talk about. We get real highlights. We get things to, to, to look at and have fun with it. It's not just, you know, talking about potential and what's going to happen or what could happen or who could be here, what could be done. It's going to be, this guy just did this. What do you think about it? That's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. I just like the, 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 the feeling of being in season and having real things to talk about and new things to talk about every day. That's super cool to me. And that's what I'm really looking forward to for training camp. I want the season to start obviously for like actual football action, but I'll take what I can get for training camp and preseason. Absolutely. Training camp preseason. I actually love it. Uh, when the season starts, it kind of feels like the season's over as soon as it starts because the games just keep coming. And you're like, man, it's Sunday again. They're playing again. And then before you know it, you're back waiting for the season to come back around because you went through it. So I love I love it all. I'm excited to, um, you know, for the entire thing and the, the absolute entire thing. And you're 100% correct about the stories and everything that comes along with it. I hope it's nothing but positive. I want to see Curtis Samuel on the field and participating in training camp and preseason and everything in between um but if you made it this far make sure you go check out our website we are at wftdeclassified.com brian just put out a story i uh, i put out a story on antonio gibson make sure you check that out eric is putting out content we got it all for you your home for any point of view stories anything in that bag uh about your washington commanders make sure you go check it out i got something on curtis samuel coming soon Brian, what do you got in the hopper coming out? Um, so I, I already put out the uh, kind of uh, what, what I think the defensive lineup um, opening day would look like. Uh, I'll be doing the same thing on the offset, uh, offensive side. So kind of what our offensive uh, starting lineup will look like. Uh, that'll be coming out. And then I've got some uh, another piece on some of the uh, – injured players that we desperately need back. Uh, Chase Young, Chase Roulier, Logan Thomas, those types of guys. Absolutely. Eric, you got anything you're working on? Yeah, I'm going to do some preseason fluff. Um, I was interested in, like, I, I like to try to predict who the preseason, like Marcus Mason, Marco Mitchell guy is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to kind of go through that, and we're going to we're gonna have some fun just kind of picking that out. 
So I'll have that out probably this week. Um, you know, and as we get closer to training camp, I may update it a little bit. It's a fun, I used to call it the Markies, the, the Marco, the Marcus Mason, Marco Mitchell preseason hero award. So we'll go through all three preseason games and training camp. We'll see who the fan favorite is and who's the most likely to be that breakout guy who we never see in an NFL game. <laughs> so that'll be yeah. fun. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk through that and I'm open to suggestions. Anybody can hit me up. Based yeah. off headlines. It's a uh, Dax Mill right now. He's a, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody hit him up. Anyway, um, <laughs> check out all the content. It's out there or it's on the way. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell on YouTube. Audio. Go out to your favorite audio platform. You can just go to Linktree. WFTD Classified. We're on Linktree. All of our links are there. Thank you again for riding with us. The season is almost here. We're going to have games to talk about, people. Games. Uh, but, no, thank you for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Uh, have a great day, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever you're doing. Thanks for rocking with us. Have a good one. We are out of here.